From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And Right now, I'm glad to be looking at Moises de Leon sitting across the table from us here in our small but humble but cozy studio here at no, thank Pastoral you, Center. How are you, Moises? I'm doing great. How about Do- you? <laughs> doing very good. Doing That's good to hear. Praying for spring. <laughs> That's busting out a little bit. Yeah, Two blossoms here. There is. The, the, you see the odd tree in the in the in the almond orchard or something all by itself has decided to bloom first i'm first <laughs> I, I love this i love this time of year is that you can just feel spring just ready to burst especially with all with all the rain we've had yeah uh yeah. there's one time i think we were looking out outside uh and it was foggy but in the far distance you could see the sun coming out yeah and my wife was saying well the sun wants to come out. I don't know why these clouds are still not moving. And I told her, well, maybe it's not the right time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we were driving down the, toward the Bay Area on Interstate 80, and you get to Vacaville and Fairfield, and you start getting into those little foothills. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the fall, they're that beautiful amber color. Yes. And now true. they're green, just the brightest. I mean, nature is just relentless. And, uh, um, you know, nature, and then one step above that, or many steps above that, God, who gave us nature, you know, and and uh, just the just the the thrills that are out there. I mean, nobody nobody watered that grass. Nobody, nope. you nope. know, it's all the rain. It's all the rain. It's just it's just beautiful to yeah. see the the changing of the of the of the seasons, which is something that's amazing. That even in the midst of all, there's still order. Yeah, there's tremendous order. You know, I look, I look at, uh, you know, I, you know, and, and my, with, with my wife's pregnancy and you know, you're going to the doctor and are you pregnant or are you not pregnant? And then all this prenatal and vitamins and, mm-hmm. and all this prenatal care. And then, and then, you know, you go to the, the hospital to, to have the baby and there's hundreds of people around and, you know, and all this stuff. And then immediately when the baby's born and all these things to take care of it and all this, you know, joy but also concern you know and all mm-hmm. this going on and then i i i I'm, I'm driving home one evening and i see uh uh, uh possums <laughs> like a big possum and raccoons okay. in, in our town walking across the street the i presume it's the mom but i don't mm-hmm. i don't i don't know enough about raccoons yes. to know but you know just one big parent <laughs> and could be the dad i don't know and and th- like three little ones falling behind walking across a busy street and i'm going did they get prenatal care and did they get <laughs> did they get all this stuff that we get you know just out there in the middle of nowhere they figured out how to how to have their young and raise their young mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's mind-boggling. I, think. I, I know it, it's fascinating because even birds do the same thing. Although it's right there in the mm-hmm. Bible. I, why are you worried? I take care of the birds of the air, don't I? Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's really it's fascinating, just absolutely fascinating. Well, Moises, a lot on your plate. Uh, tell us about the L.A. Congress. So the L.A. Congress is not elected people <laughs> <laughs> making laws. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, the L.A. Congress. It's a it's a religious education conference. Big uh, deal, though. Huge. Um, it says it starts from Friday for youth, and then Saturday and Sunday it's for the laity or clergy. And what's the on that? For that we have it's going to be the twenty fourth, which is the Friday for the of, youth of February. Of February. And then 25th, 26th is for the laity and for the clergy mm-hmm. who wants to attend. Uh, but it's one of our biggest uh, conference besides our ministry days that we usually have because uh, it's we have plenty of speakers that would cover different types of conversation, especially for those who are going through CRA, uh, C, I mean RCIA, RCIA. Uh, and then uh, First Communion, Confirmation. There's a lot of uh, workshops targeted for youth how to better engage them and understanding the climate that we're in right now. Uh, so it's a really good uh, conference or uh, uh, 
place or gathering to go for our catechists and those who are parish uh, leaders in, in our parishes, just because it's, it's a great way to just see different perspectives and best practices what other people have been doing in different other dioceses. Sounds a little bit like a, a, a monster ministry days. Yes. Yeah. And then at the end, if people want to buy something, usually the vendors, it's, they have more than 100 vendors present. Oh, well. uh, something like what? Books and... Books, uh, vestments, uh, liturgical binders, anything you could think of, they have it. And we're trying to replicate that for ministry days most of the time. But I think we'd look good investments. But yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't earn them. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wow. So and then every year Bishop usually has a dinner for those who are from the Diocese uh-huh. of Sacramento on Friday. So we're welcoming everyone who's attending to register. There's a small donation, I believe it's ten bucks, uh, and it's buffet style on Friday. Um, and it's going to be located at La Casa Garcia. But mm-hmm. you could go on our website and register ahead of time. That way we know exactly how many people are attending, which would be www.scd.org slash LA, so LA, then Congress. And where do, they, where, do they, uh, where do they hold the Congress itself? It's at the Anaheim Convention Center, okay. just across uh, Disneyland. Just from Disneyland, mm-hmm. yes. So, so actually, if people want to go to Disneyland, they could get discounted tickets. And, and so the go bishop in the will be in his home territory there in Orange yes. County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 interesting because there, there's kind of that rival between Los Angeles and and Orange County, mm-hmm. and yet it's the L.A. Congress, but it's in Orange County. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, I just never understood it, why they would call it L.A. Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just call it South Cal uh, Congress or something. Call but. the Anaheim Congress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Disney con- Congress. Yeah. That would wow. be fun. Maybe we could get some Disney characters in there, too. <laughs> yeah, well, you should. You should. Yeah. That's, that's uh, wow. So are, are, are there presenters from our diocese? That I know of. Um, usually uh, Anna Barraza, mm-hmm. uh, our... Um, the wife of our youth coordinator usually does workshops for mm-hmm. um, disabilities or, or catechism uh, and reaching out to those who are um, with uh, with capa- uh, disabilities and then sharing her best practices as well. Uh, she works in our diocese running our ministries here, uh, but she usually does one or two workshops for that day. So does the diocese itself send a group, or is it more individuals or, or people in certain parishes decide we, we want to go this to, to, to help a ministry? Uh, when it comes to the workshops? When it comes to just attending the attending, Congress. We usually invite it to everyone. Uh, it's the primary target, it's usually catechists. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've sent invitations to all the DREs in order for their catechists to attend if they want to. Um, and then l- later we usually invite everyone who wants to attend. It's no, the primary would be catechist just because they will put it into action mm-hmm. right away. But so is it pretty much Californians or people come from all over the country? Some of them actually come from different states because mm-hmm. this is, I think, one of the biggest conference um, when it comes to religious ed in the area. Um, I don't think another states usually have uh, something this big. Right. Um, I think last time before the pandemic. Um, I think it was the Diocese of Monterey had something, but that's more focused on RCIA mm-hmm. uh, education only. So uh, we get some people from Oregon, I know, definitely. I'm not sure from Nevada if people come. So you'll attend? I'll be attending. And tell us, like, like as, a, as an attendee, tell us how that, how that works for, yes. for, for you. So if people are going to be attending, usually what we do is – uh, if you're not attending the youth event or you're not going with your youth, I, usually I, we arrive on fr- on Friday to register, uh, get our s- stuff and packets and a booklet ready and to see which workshops we've registered and which ones they approved. And you've you've re- you've registered ahead of time yes. for certain workshops. Yes. So right now uh, registration has opened up in January. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the price went up. I believe it's ninety bucks right now for the, for all two days. Um, and then you can choose which workshop you want to do. Um, usually, the, how many workshops can you do? It's usually five uh-huh. over um, a two-day period. For over two-day period, um, and then depending on those workshops, 
you would select your first priority and in case that gets filled up which is really rare and sometimes if it does you get your second option mm -hmm. uh, but most workshops are between maybe 150 to 200 uh, per workshop so there's plenty of options and opportunity that your first option will be selected right wow wow yeah. and how big are these workshops are they are they uh, hands-on 20 people or are they no no, no. Uh, the ones that i've attended in the previous years we're talking about at least 150 okay per workshop there's some I know one time I attended a, a liturgical one for music, and it was roughly around 300 well, for just that be, workshop. And it would be several hours, probably? R roughly around uh, an hour and 15 minutes. Uh -huh. um, no more than an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So mostly it's a presentation as opposed to a give-and-take Q&A? Depending on the workshop. Yeah. Some of them are panel-based, so mm -hmm. there is Q&A. Um, if it's lecture-based, usually they, they allow the last 10 minutes for questions. Have you been going this for a number of years? Uh, I, I want to say the last time I've went was right before the pandemic. Uh -huh. uh, before that, this is my fourth time attending. Yeah. So do you select different workshops than you've previously done? Yes. I, I try not to repeat the same ones because, um, I mean, sometimes they have s the same workshops available every year. Uh, so usually uh, I try to get the ones who are different and different speakers so every year they're usually the there's a percentage i want to say maybe around 60 percent of the speakers are the same um the other 20 30 percent are different speakers every year so usually i try to attend and listen to the ones who are newer and a little bit more relevant topic to what's happening in our world so i know i'm attending more of the youth uh workshops understanding uh, how to engage our youth especially young families i think there's a workshop for young families and engaging them where they're at um, so usually i choose workshops that would be beneficial to the ministry and things that would interest me personally too as well moises is the associate director of family and respect life ministry will there be respect life uh workshops as well there is i think a couple uh i can't remember top of my head though but. yeah so and and which which ones are you really looking forward to uh, the youth one, there's one on liturgical uh, revival. I uh, want to get a different perspective of how they're going to uh, be implementing and suggesting people to implement it in the diocese. And I know that's something we're doing uh, the following year or following two years uh, also. Uh, so we really uh, wa I want to bring some ideas back to the table so we could get I something. I presume the Eucharistic revival will be front and center as well? It should be, yeah. I haven't really seeing uh, if there's a, an intentional uh, program right before Mass or, or usually during Mass, that's where they project uh, or present uh, keynote speakers. So I haven't checked the mm -hmm. keynote speakers yet. And I presume there are <laughs> opportunities for Mass? Yes. So there's Mass. There's Mass all the I mean, mostly all the time. Uh, for, I, for Sunday, there's Mass in the morning, in the evening. Saturday, there's going to be Mass in the, uh, I think, I believe it's midday. For the youth, there's mass uh, uh, in the morning, um, so there's mass every day. And I presume all uh, I presume every diocese in California will be represented. Most of them, yeah. A fair, yeah. fair number of clergy. Yes, that's a good percentage. I'm not sure how much, but a huge so uh, other than the dinner, obviously with with, with the bishop, do, are there things that that the diocesan contingent will do as a group? Um, we're, I, part of the dinner, I'm not sure we have time that day, but we might cover some uh, initiatives that we're trying to do in the faith formation side. Mm -hmm. um, so if the if the dinner works, if our timing for the program works perfectly, we might include that, or we might just ask people who are attending to meet us either for lunch during mm -hmm. a Saturday or Sunday to just discuss how things are and uh, what they like about certain topics and see if we could work on it together for the following year. So what do you hope to bring back? Uh, I think it's one of the things that we were trying to encourage our participants who are attending is having that fire of working in their ministry, especially at catechists. I know there's a lot of parishes that are, are they're still needing catechists, even for this um, uh, faith formation year. So just encouraging them uh, to continue in their faith, not to burn out, because that, that could be a, a big issue. Um, and for them to actually feel more connected in, in the global aspect of our church. Uh, mm -hmm. Ministry days, it's, it's diocesan, but connecting to LA Congress and meeting other um, 
not necessarily just vendors, but other organizations uh, that uh, that we work with, or maybe we should bring into our diocese. Uh, a good example would be, uh, I know uh, CRS, Catholic mm-hmm. Relief Services, has a huge presence at LA Congress. Oh, do they? Interesting. Um, and um, it would be great for them to be more present in our diocese as well. So maybe getting them to talk a little bit about social, uh, the Catholic social teachings, uh, maybe having more activities about how we could help our uh, brothers and sisters abroad, uh, and how as Catholics we're doing that through the uh, uh, through our social concerns office as well. Right. So bringing more awareness of what we're doing, not just locally but globally as well. This is, is a major force in the world. Yes, yeah, it's it's. Um, uh, it's it's a, it's a very. I remember when when the bishop came back from the Philippines, uh, his trip to the Philippines and his pilgrimage in uh, January, and he talked uh, he talked about um, CRS and some of the, the some of the things they've they've mm-hmm. done, especially you know CRS, which even though that name Catholic Relief Services, and they do certainly do respond mm-hmm. to disasters, um, they're also. Kind of almost, I don't know if the Peace Corps model is quite like that, but they're 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 on the ground mm-hmm. uh, with with many uh, uh, social programs uh, to help the people there, yeah. and then it makes it easier for them to respond to disasters because they've already got they're they're already working there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I used to be a CRS uh, ambassador back in Oakland. Oh, did you? So that's that's where I I have a huge admiration for CRS. Yeah. What what did what did um. Um, what did you do as an ambassador? Was that, was that a, a, a job or a, it, it was a, a job? Mm-hmm. It was through Catholic Charities. Uh, they implemented a, um, a CRS uh, outreach program. Mm-hmm. So I was the diocesan ambassador, trying to get um, parishes to form social justice groups and for them to have CRS uh, resources and connections in small groups, mm-hmm. uh, prayer groups slash advocacy groups as well. So I know. We had a, a person who would, uh, who created his own solar panel company, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he would partner. He partnered up with CRS, and he would provide uh, infrastructure to to those areas that needed electricity that didn't have mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So the the sto- there's so many wonderful stories that uh, that I that I've ex- personally witnessed and and seen and heard that it's they've done a fabulous job. Some, to the point that there's it's like a hidden. Uh, uh, work that we've done that I think people should know that this is what we're yeah. doing out there. I remember knowing somebody who was involved in solar ovens, mm. which you know, <laughs> which were quite cheap, you know, and 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 but were were life changing for a lot of people. They're, you know, they weren't real expensive. You know, was just a, kind of a, a brainchild of somebody's. You know, and. It's 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 amazing, you know. You hear about uh, micro loans mm-hmm. and, and things like yeah. that, and how life changing that can be. And we're not talking about, you know, big amounts of money. Yeah, just a, something to get somebody started. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I personally liked about CRS compared to uh, some other agencies because most of their focus was building. And empowering the local people, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to come in, and then um, impose an infrastructure. But when it's it's when it's the own people building that infrastructure at at that site or that location, there's a different sense of purpose and motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, also a sense of pride that right, this is sure. what I'm doing for my community. I'm able to do it. I could bring other people to the table as well. So having that empowerment, giving dignity back to the people, uh, it, it was—it's just—it's a really great experience to see and and to hear that uh, there's times that even if one's walking with a CRS shirt, they recognize you and they're mm-hmm. thanking you for for stuff that CRS has done when you had no idea they've done this in that community. Uh, so it's it's just a wonderful organization. Did you travel to other other places for CRS? Not outside of the country. Uh, it was it just more uh, here in the states, uh, advocating both nationally, uh, locally, or in the states, uh, in our state capital and and, and um, uh, the U- U.S. Congress. But um, no, I, I wasn't able to. I didn't have that opportunity. I'm hoping, hopefully, one day because yeah. it, it's. I've heard it's a wonderful experience to go out there. Well, it's it's just amazing um, the, the the work that needs to be done. The work that a lot of people are doing, 
and uh, CRS is just at the at the forefront of all of that, yeah. and and have have been for for such a long time. Oh, I think it's been like seventy five years since yeah. World War Two. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a, a truly a wonderful organization. So, what else? What else are you hoping to bring back from the Congress? Uh, resources, some uh, books, and everything. So, I know. Uh, uh, they they approved a small budget for me to buy some books. So if there's something that we need for marriages or uh, respect life, I'll, I'll definitely be getting those resources and hopefully distributing those to our parish leaders. Um, besides that, just uh, feeling renewed in, in this process. I know we just started the year, which sounds kind of crazy to say. I might be out of energy, but there's a lot of stuff that been ha- that's been happening in, in the office that it would be a great time to take this as a moment of reflection, personally, too. So how did, how did the pandemic affect not only your work, but, but the people you work with, uh, many of whom in a, at the parish level are volunteers? Mm-hmm. Did, was there a real drop off, uh, and has that remained? Have they come back? Because it, uh, how is how is that affected? What I've seen so far is um, there was a drop during the pandemic because we couldn't do anything, um, and when we did start, those numbers slowly trickled in, and I right now some of the parishes are feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of marriages that got canceled and postponed. Sure. They're trying to book them uh, already for this year, or at least for the following year. Um, so that's one of the things I've seen. It's a, a lot of online programs just because we don't have enough parishes that have a, a solid marriage uh, preparation team. Um, so that's been an influx with, which we've been trying to push from online to either online but locally at the parish mm-hmm. and have the parish really take that on and have those con- connections be there for the couple. Because if they connect to an online program, that's not even connected to the diocese uh, directly, it, it's hard to know if the couple needs additional resources or additional help. So, In Respect Life Ministry, you know, obviously uh, we've come through a, a, a great um, difference in the last year with, mm-hmm. with the, the, the Dobbs decision with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I mean, some many people thought it wouldn't happen. Many people thought... It might be kind of a moderated. It wasn't a, a straight overturning, but a um, a lessening, I guess. Um, and I think actually uh, the rumor was that uh, uh, Chief Justice Roberts was sort of in that camp. Mm. But but yeah. as it as it turned out, um, it, it was completely <laughs> over, <Yeah>. over overturned. <laughs> um, I think a number of people. Who probably don't don't follow it closely thought well that means that's the end of abortion in the United States when it, all it did truly it, it wasn't a the, the court did not take a stand on abortion mm-hmm. whether it was morally right or wrong or anything else the yeah. the court just said uh, it's it's a state's rights issue basically is what is, is what the, the court said and uh, um, to to ban abortion nationwide would either take an act of Congress signed by the president and even then the supreme court could still say mm-hmm. uh, this is a this is a state's rights issue the congress had no right to do that or a human life amendment to the us constitution which is a a real high bar to uh, i mean the it constitution is. has been amended a, a number of times but um um first off you need Three quarters of the state legislatures acting as a state legislature, each one individually. Three mm-hmm. quarters, which would be thirty-eight, I believe, because uh, uh, yeah, thirty-seven yeah. and a half. But mm-hmm. we don't have half legislatures, although Nebraska's could count as half because they only have one. They have the the unicameral legislature. Everybody else has two houses, but uh, so it'd be thirty-eight out of fifty. Mm-hmm. And without that, it, it, it dies yes. right away, you know. But so that that's a that'd be a real long shot. But here in California, it's it's there, there's not a sense that Roe v. Wade w- was overturned because it, things haven't changed in California. No, especially with the uh, passing of Prop, the Prop Proposition One. One. Yeah. Yeah. So how has that affected? Uh, you know, in in 
some of the some people that I've talked to, the overturning almost was like we did it kind of attitude, and now I can, now I can move on to something else. Mm-hmm. You know, where where it almost took the steam out of the pro life movement. Um, because it was like, okay, that's yesterday's issue. Whereas, in fact, it is just the beginning, in, yes. in, in my mind. I think it, the overturning um, is this, the new stepping stone or milestone in the process of it. Because mm-hmm. that really united the other side to find states sure. that would actually push abortion bills. Sure. Like, for example, California was one of them. Right. Um, and not only... Providing uh, passing a prop one, but pos- passing other legislative bills that are supporting or aiding in the abortion mm-hmm. uh, industry as well. So that's one of the things that I've seen is in the pro life movement. There's still a strong emphasis to push as uh, and really get get out there and provide resources as much uh, as a church. One of the things that Bishop Soto has uh, suggested, and, and I think it's it's really wise is really focusing on the infrastructure resources that we have because mm-hmm. one of the issues that we have is we have the resources available we have all these agencies we have the gabriel project we have sacramento life center but people somehow don't know that these resources they don't, they don't exist know. i know i i talked to marie leatherby and and uh, uh for all the great work they do i said my my fear is that you're missing people, mm-hmm. you know, and not through any fault of theirs, but 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 you're 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 missing people, who probably would avail themselves of of your services if they, if number one, if they knew exactly what you do, and that it's a hundred percent free, and if they overcame all these this misinformation about what you do, yes. like oh those places, man, they're going to tie you down and. You know, no, uh, oh, yeah, uh, do all these horrible things, and uh, no, they're not. You know, and and uh, um, I know there was a uh, really a, a, an excellent uh, a new one of the new columnists for the Sacramento Bee, uh, Melinda Hennenberger, who's won a Pulitzer Prize, and and she went and and I think at Marie's invitation, hmm. and. And because I remember talking to Marie ahead of time, and yeah. she she was she was saying, "Yeah, well, they're going to come see." And I said, "Just be who you are, you know." And 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 really wrote a a favorable piece about what they do. Mm-hmm. She didn't really take a position on on abortion or or anything like that, but was actually dispelled in a very effective way. And and I, I don't think that was her goal. I think she went in. Uh, open-minded like you know, there's all this stuff about you guys do this bad stuff and 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 then people on the other side say no they do good stuff and and came to the conclusion that what they're doing is something that the mm-hmm. state of california be, should be thanking them they're, yeah. they're i mean I, I say to my friends who are uh, maybe in that camp or my acquaintances who say oh they don't oh, I, those places you you know they're you know they should be banned and I say, well, yeah, tell me what's wrong with any agency, whether it's a government agency, whether it's a pro-choice or pro-life, mm-hmm. giving two years of free diapers to, away. Tell me, tell me the flip side to that. What's yeah, the, what's the, what's the, or giving away a year's worth of of uh, infant formula mm-hmm. for free for free not for not, free. For, not for a low they're monthly not taking payment, down nothing. your social security number. <laughs> they're not going to send you solicitations yeah. for anything. They're they're it's strictly for they're not going to make you fill out a form saying I'm poor and mm-hmm. and here's my tax form and all this stuff, um, here's my blood type no nothing no. just for free you could be a billionaire mm-hmm. and it's free they're not going to take your money if you offered it and what's the matter with giving away infant car seats what's mm-hmm. the matter with giving away strollers what's the matter with giving free pregnancy tests and STD tests. How is that somehow wrong? What the state should be praising them because mm-hmm. that that alleviates a, a, a lot of uh, budgetary issues and responsibility right. from and the state. What's wrong with helping a woman who doesn't have a doctor find a doctor? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with helping a woman who doesn't have insurance find insurance or a couple? Um, it's just it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it is uh, the misinformation about that. And so. then I, I know that um, 
um, our Rachel's Vineyard coordinator was trying to search um, a pregnancy center or a clinic, and she couldn't find it on our on the Google. And I actually had she had to literally type the site page in order for it to mm. pop up because in search and Google it wouldn't pop up as the wow. first twenty options, even though it does exist. It does exist, sure. uh, and there's a lot of advertisement out there for it. But still, the, the, the fact that she couldn't get anything, right. the ones that would pop up was Planned Parenthood, apparently. Sure. They, they were the ones offering those services. And that's another thing that we, we're struggling with. It's the whole aspect of uh, in order for them to be more accessible in Google, they had to pay for, right. to advertise. And that requires budgetary uh, sure. funding and everything. Sure. So it's it's how do we get there get those resources and advertisements as as much as possible out to our communities? I think parishes would be our best resources right. of distributing that information. But besides that, it's uh, reaching those who aren't it's Catholic even, and Christians. It's even billboards. It's mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, it's it's uh, if if you can afford them, TV ads, yeah. radio ads, newspaper ads, um, um, social media ads, um, where. You, you you say here's here's what we do mm-hmm. you know we, we we give out free diapers free formula baby seats um even i mean and let's let's be honest um they're not asking any questions they're dealing with a lot of people who are undocumented mm-hmm. um and and finding them insurance finding them doctors finding them rides to to to, to appointments the, yeah, to you appointments know i mean it's it's remarkable, absolutely, Remar- and and all without an ounce of any public money being spent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty pretty remarkable. Moises, uh, have you hope you have a great time? No, thank you, Bob. In L.A. and uh, in Orange County, <laughs> Bishop Soto will be very happy that it's in yes. Orange County, and uh, and our convention center is a, is a great spot. Yes, it is. It, it's a great spot, and uh, we. We'll ex- expect a full 10-page report in triplicate <laughs> <laughs> when you get back. But we'd, okay. love, we'd love to have you come on and, and talk about your experiences there when uh, when you come back. Okay, I will. Thank Thanks you, Thanks so much. Go, vaya con Dios. Gracias. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. 
This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry, of Mi- Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley and Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley and Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. 4600. And we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, longstanding support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Welcome in John Harriet from Ignatius Press. Uh, John, good day to you. Hi, thanks for having me, Bob. Thanks, thanks very much for. Uh, for joining us, uh, I'm looking at this beautiful uh, book, The Catholic Home Gallery, 18 Works of Art by Contemporary Catholic Artists. Now, 18 pages, you think you could l- flip through it pretty fast, but the, every every illustration is just beautiful and really uh, thought-provoking and, and uh, very moving. Yeah, I, I was hoping the variety in there would really, you know, you'd, you'd end up stopping and, and, you know, there's kind of a shift from artist to artist that, that really is, it makes it so you never really get like, oh, this is all too too same or anything. Yeah, they're, 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 they're very, very different. Yeah, they're, they're tremendous. How, well, take us back a little bit, uh, um, what the, the the thinking about putting this together, how this came about? Well, I'm uh, kind of an avid collector of old art books. Uh, as a graphic designer, they're always great to look at for, for getting inspiration for your own work. And I uh, have a couple of what are called folios that had detachable prints from like the 1930s and 40s showing prints by the artists who were current at that time. And I became aware of more and more currently working Catholic artists, and I got this idea about 10 years ago, why don't we do an art folio? And I, I think I pestered people long enough that they finally said, sure, let's do it. So that's how it came about. Wow. Wow. So is, 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 uh, do you do other things for Ignatius? I'm their catalog manager, so if you get our catalog, those are my work, and I also mm-hmm. do a lot of the book covers, and I do some illustration work. Wow, this is... Uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your background. Um, well, my background, I'm, I'm uh, the product of Catholic homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working at Ignatius Press since 2000, uh, and I do some, you know, illustration artwork myself, uh, and it's actually kind of that that sort of kicked off my relationship with other Catholic artists. I used to be part of this online um, 
artists who are actually represented here, like Matthew Alderman and Timothy Jones, and then later on uh, Jim Janknet. So um, it was uh, kind of through through that sort of background that I that I became, you know, much more involved with and aware of uh, the various Catholic artists who are out there working right now. Well, I I, I was un, unfamiliar. Um... And some of the, some of these works are just stunning. Do you have, do you have a favorite? Um, you know, uh, I there's some of these. Uh, and there's I'd have to kind of go through a, a few of these. It's hard on the radio to talk about things that are visual. Oh, but I, I, I don't you know it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael O'Brien, who people probably know better as a writer, sure, which always surprises me when people say, "Oh, I didn't know he was an artist." Well, most of his novels have a painting by him on the cover. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he has a, a painting of the Assumption. That the first time I saw that back in, I guess the late '90s, I was just amazed at the color on that. It's, it's a, the Assumption of the Virgin, and he uses uses these really um, vibrant blues and reds and pinks and magentas in this image, and it's just. Uh, the reproduction that came out of it was just amazing. And then another one that color wise, I just love is the, um, the miracle of the sun painting by Jim Janknet. And he's a contemporary artist. His style is very contemporary. Uh, at the same time, his subjects are very traditional. So he, he shows the miracle of the sun with all the different apparitions that happened. And the colors on that one also are just, you know, wow, they're like fireworks exploding. Um, but of the other artists in here, uh, I really love the simplicity and uh, the kind of playfulness of Matthew Alderman's depiction of Blessed Solanus Casey. Uh, he's holding an ice cream cone in that image, and you have to read the book to find out why he's, why he's <laughs> holding that. Um, and then another uh, recent... Um, uh, I guess martyr would be uh, Father Jacques Hamel, and there's a very powerful painting of him in here by Nielsen Carlin, and this is a French priest who was killed by terrorists uh, in hatred of the faith in 2016. His cause is currently, you know, going through the the procedures that you'd, you'd go through for uh, beatification, but it, he's one of the people that. Uh, as soon as he died, people started to call for him to be named a saint because it was so obvious that he'd been murdered uh, by people who were looking to kill uh, a Catholic priest. Um, but his his depiction, he's Nielsen Carlin is one of these guys who, who paints in a much more classical style. But his painting of Father Jacques Hamel, he's, he's holding the Eucharist in his hands. He's got red roses, he's got white roses, and then he has a knife at his throat. Um, and uh, and then behind him, it, it, his last words, uh, which were, you know, be gone, Satan, so, but it's rendered in Latin, Satan, bah. I saw that, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you're looking at that, and you see the word Satan, and you go, oh, what, how did that get in there? And then you, <laughs> see, you see the va on the other, with the exclamation point on the other, on the other side of his head. Um, yeah, and... and you don't, you don't at first, at least I didn't, I noticed the roses, the, the knife looked almost like a collar uh, at first, you know, until you look closely. And of course, then you see the blood. Um, but it's, it's profound. And of course, he's holding the Eucharist. Yeah. And then there's, um, of course, uh, one of the paintings here, some of these paintings I've actually been able to see in person one of which is Bernadette Carstensen's uh, painting, Mary Star of the Sea, uh, which she did for Star of the Sea Parish in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is, is really beautiful. It's, um, it shows, uh, and Mary has all of these wonderful titles. Um, and so she's depicted there as the, as the Star of the Sea. Another one of her titles it comes up in, in Jim Janknet's other painting, which shows Mary as the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know every time uh, I go with my family and we, we come into a, like a beach town, maybe on the Oregon coast, or I say, I, I, I want to bet 
that uh, we're going to find the Catholic Church here and it's going to be Mary, Star of the Sea. <laughs> and it frequently is. <laughs> and, and in the mountains, it's frequently Our Lady of the Snows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then there's, as far as other styles in here, I, I, one of the people who I, I just love his work, and it, it, you can, by the way, in this book, all the pages are detachable. You can pull them out. They're 8 by 10 size. It's a standard framing size, and uh, frame them to put up on your wall. But um, one of the other people in here, Matthew Connor, he does these these uh, paintings that are sort of Western icon style, mm-hmm. uh, sort of influenced by Gothic as well as um, you know Renaissance style, uh, limited manuscript style, and he has a wonderful uh, depiction of Padre Pio in here as well as Saint Thomas Aquinas. Um, but one other thing I, I was going to say about uh, artists is every one of them I tried to include information about where you can find their website where you can find them on social media most of these artists um, you know accept commissions and many of them you can buy prints from them directly so uh, you know this book here which is you know it's $30 it's it's $29.95 and you can get it at Ignatius.com that's about what it normally costs to buy one print from mm-hmm. a lot of artists. But mm-hmm. uh, if you look through there and you, you see somebody that you like, you know, go to their website, look up their other work, and, you know, think about maybe supporting them by buying something directly from them or maybe even commissioning something if you have enough uh, cash set mm-hmm. aside. I mean, they, these artists in the past have always been kind of supported by the church institutionally, but now more than ever they're kind of supported by individuals so right. um, the more that we can as individuals help out these Catholic artists the, the better the uh, term Catholic uh, uh, starving artist is still relevant well m- most everybody I know who works as an artist also has a day job yeah right <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's it's not often that you can actually I mean Timothy Jones he uh, has two wonderful depictions of the Blessed Virgin Mary in here. Mm-hmm. He's actually an art teacher at one of the Chesterton schools, if oh, you're wow. familiar with them. Wow. Oh, uh, absolutely uh, we are, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he was at the original one there in... Uh, in, in Minneapolis? In yeah. yeah. Or, but uh, he, he's a great... I, I actually own a, an original by him, and he's a good friend of mine, so... Um, but his, his work is, is also amazing. Yeah, we actually have a, a Chesterton Chesterton uh, school or two uh, starting up here in the Diocese of Sacramento. So, yeah, I think one of my friends is his daughter going to the one that's um, uh, there in Sacramento. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah, yeah. those that's uh, those are uh, beautiful. Yeah, they mentioned. Yeah, he teaches art history at the Chesterton Academy in the Twin Cities. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, and then you've also got. Um, Gwyneth Thompson Briggs in here. She did the, those beautiful twinned portraits of uh, Benedict and Scholastica, who were twin saints, and she actually went and found siblings to pose for those portraits. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at it now. Yeah, um, it's just I'm, I'm, this stuff. Is, it just blows me away. Like you say, I wish I wish uh, we had uh, we had a camera here and uh, could. Uh, uh, share it, share it all with our readers. But it is, it is really, really uh, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, if you go to our web, the website at ignatius.com and look up the Catholic Home Gallery, there is a limited uh, flip book, and you can flip through a few of the pages to look at them. Uh, and if you follow Ignatius uh, on social media, we've been kind of posting some images here and there. Uh, but yeah, they, they really, um, the, I was very, very happy when we got these in because they, the, uh, printer, which is a printer up in Canada, they just did such a good job of capturing the colors on these. It was just, uh, you, you never know what sometimes with printers, like, is this going to come out looking good? But these just, these came out really nice. Are you talking about the assumption and the magenta, you know, <laughs> and it is, it's, it's, just, I'm looking at it right now. It's just jumping off the page at me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Catholic home gallery, it's got, um, I'm hoping that 
eventually we uh, this will sell well enough we can do further additions because I mean this is just scratching the surface of the Catholic artists that are who are out there working today. Do do most of these artists do just religious art or do they do other stuff too? Um, some do uh, other art. Some also are mostly doing sacred art. If you look at the work of like. Um, uh, I think Nielsen Carlin started out doing more secular art, but now he almost does almost exclusively religious art. Matthew Alderman, uh, who he did the black and white uh, uh, drawings that are in the first couple prints here, right. he's, uh, he actually does architecture primarily. Um, mm. uh, but And then Tim Jones, his Blessed Virgin Mary's there, he's, he mostly does... Um, he does a lot of still life work, so uh, he he's done a, a number of those sorts of things. But yeah, I think with the other a lot of the other ones here, they primarily stick to sacred art. Wow, that's and are the, are some of them working off of uh, something else? You know, I mean, in terms of um, when 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 you're or is this strictly like when, when you're drawing the the Blessed Mother, when you're drawing uh, Padre Pio, um, mm -hmm. um, are they are they looking at something else of Padre Pio, or Aquinas, well, I mean, I'm, or I, I'm assuming that that like with Matthew Connor, I'm I'm assuming with him he's working partly from a photograph of, of, of Padre Pio to uh -huh. get facial likeness, but mm -hmm. then also coming up with a bit of the pose on his own. Right, Nielsen Carlin. Uh, he sometimes, if you look at online, you can sometimes see some of his process work, and he does a lot of, you know, posing mannequins, wearing vestments, and other things like that, so that he gets a pose that he can paint from directly. Um, I know Gwyneth Thompson Briggs, who did the paintings of Benedict and Scholastica, she also prefers to work from a live model, so she will get people to dress in, in a costume, mm. uh, uh, with actual props and paint directly from them when she can. Wow. Um, so, yeah. And then some of these, the people here, you know, when they're doing something that's a little more stylized, like the, the work that Jim Janknet does, uh, I think for that sort of thing, he's, he's mostly coming up with these images in his head and then also looking at past images of sacred art to draw from. And, and are I'm not sure if it's uh, explained. Are, are most of these American artists? Yeah, these are all American artists uh, here, other than Michael O'Brien. Michael O'Brien, right, right. Yeah. So, but the rest of the artists here are um, are from America. J James um, or Jim Jenkins, he uh, he's uh, somebody who's been a kind of a gallery art artist for a long time, and he entered the Catholic Church um, in the 2000s, and so that's when he had kind of a turn to doing a lot of more sacred art, um, which I, th I find kind of fascinating, because, uh, you know, when somebody who is has this sort of skill, and they enter the church, and then they instinctively, they want to put it at the service of, right. of the faith that they've entered. So do... Does Ignatius, uh, do, do you employ any of these people for, for illustrations with other of your publications? Well, um, Tim Jones, I've used a portrait of G.K. Chesterton that he, he did. He painted a portrait, and I told him, you know, that's a, I love that portrait. Could I use it for a book cover? And, and so then we licensed that from him. And then I, I've had uh, Matthew Alderman work on illustrations for book covers, too, because he's... Uh, an expert in heraldry. So we had um, a couple of books that were written by uh, Kevin Starr, who used oh, to be the oh, state librarian. Yeah. We, had, we had Kevin on our program about two days before he died. and Yeah, that was sad. It was just so stunning to pick up the morning paper, and there it was, and I, said, I was just talking to him. Uh, a day or two ago, and he was just so generous and so brilliant, and um, 
uh, professorial uh, in in one way and fatherly in another way, you know, and just um, just a complete delight of, of a person, and 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 just absolutely brilliant, you know. Yeah, well, you know, slight tangent. I worked on the covers for his books that we did at Ignatius, and he told me he wanted to be involved in the cover design, and I. I Hmm. And I went, oh, brother, because you never <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. With an author, like sometimes they don't have the best instincts for what might look on a, on a cover. But right. he provided me with an excellent idea for the covers. He His ideas were all very, very good. And the only thing that was missing was he said that he wanted to put in the heraldry of, the, of these early colonies. And I, I uh, looked around. I could not find any that matched artwork-wise, and that's when I reached out to Matthew Alderman, the um, artist who's included in here, and I asked him if he could do renditions of these, um, you know, the heraldry of the early colonies, and he said, sure thing, and he did, and they came out beautiful, and I know that uh, Kevin Starr was was very, very happy with with how those came out. Yeah, yeah, he just... uh... Just a, a a great man who loved the faith and uh, contributed greatly to to this world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, it's such a joy to talk with you. I hope we can get you uh, back on the program sometime. If any any more works you want to send our way, we would uh, be delighted to talk about them. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Take care. God bless. That's uh, okay. Uh, John Harriet, who is. Uh, uh, with Ignatius Press, and you can get the, the title is The Catholic Home Gallery, 18 Works of Art by Contemporary Catholic Artists. Tr- some truly, truly stunning stuff in there and uh, really, really wonderful to look at. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Can I pour my heart out to a listening ear? Well, I see this life, it's valleys and mountains And I think of all the roads that brought me here Oh, that brought me here Walking down, walking down the road Well, I've questioned my reasons, this life I'm living I question my ability to judge wrong from right Well, I questioned all the things I've ever called certain My race, my religion, my country, my mind But the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do You really love me like you say you do Significance, meaning and relevance Does the work I'm doing really matter at all? Well, I question my friendships, alliance, dependence Who will still be here when I fall? But the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do Yeah, the one thing I don't Say you do. 
And the one thing I don't change Question 